Welcome to part one of Health System CIO's interview with Kate Pierce, Executive Director of IT and Clinical Informatics at North Country Hospital. In this segment, Pierce talks about how being a critical access hospital can feel like being on an island, the enormous benefits her team has realized by moving to an integrated system, and how they work to ensure the EHR selection process was driven by the organization, not IT. First, I just want to get a little bit of background about North Country Hospital, and if you can give me an overview of the organization, um, you know, what you have in terms of care offerings, where you're located, things like that. Okay, um, North Country Hospital is, we're in northeastern Vermont. We are a critical access hospital, so we have 25 beds. There's not another hospital for over 40 miles, so we're pretty much an island, and the community is very dependent on us. We own I'd say 85% of the practices that are in the community. We have an emergency department. We have a surgical department, inpatients. We do um, maternal child health. We deliver babies. We actually have two large primary care offices and a total of 14 clinics that offer a variety of specialty services for our community. We recently did a community needs assessment and making sure that we're providing all the services the community needs. So I think from that, there may be a couple of additional offerings that spring up over the next year or two. Okay. You said North Country owns about 85% of the uh, practices in the area. And it may be higher than that. I can only think of two practices in the area mm -hmm. that are not hospital-owned at this point. One's a pediatrics office that's a single provider office, and there's another one that's a, a primary care office that's a single provider. At this point, we've we've become the owner of all the other practices in the area just because it's very hard as an independent physician in a rural community to, yeah. to meet all the challenges. And so the hospital um, purchased a lot of these practices to ensure that our community still had the services that it needed. So most of them we keep open at a loss to the organization okay. as a whole, but, but they're just a needed service for our community. Right, right, and especially when you're talking about a pretty large geographic area and a rural right. area. Right. Now, as far as North Country Hospital, do you have any affiliations or partnerships or anything kind of along those lines? We do have two larger tertiary care centers that we refer patients to, and I think time-wise they're about equidistant. They're about, both about an hour and a half to two hours away. One is the University of Vermont Medical Center, and one mm -hmm. is Dartmouth-Hitchcock. So it, generally we don't have any stringent affiliations with one or the other, but ties with both of those depending on the services that we refer for. Right, so it's kind of out of necessity for, uh, yes. for the patients. Right, and generally it's a patient's choice. You know, if we need to refer them to a specialist, we would offer them, would you rather go to UVM or Dartmouth and offer them services at either. We do have an airlift that comes up from Dartmouth. They call it DART, and so we do transport patients to Dartmouth via a helicopter. That's not available at UVM, so. All right. Now, being in, in Vermont, you have the Green Mountain Care Board. Can you kind of talk about how that works and what it means for the hospitals in the state? Yeah, the Green Mountain Care Board is a Vermont organization that was put in place years ago. Every hospital in the state, and I believe there's 14 hospitals in the state of Vermont, 
your budget needs to be approved by the Green Mountain mm-hmm. Care Board. So they have financial oversight of organizations throughout the state. You have to submit your budget to them, and then you have a, the ability to present your budget and what you need. Um, but they work very hard to help control cost of health care mm-hmm. in the state, and they would also be the governing body for any projects that are I believe the cutoff is $2 million. If you have a project that would exceed that amount, you have to take it to the Green Mountain Care Board with a certificate of need to get it approved by the board before you're allowed to proceed. Okay. Okay, so obviously uh, the intention is is to be as helpful as possible, but for the smaller hospitals, can this kind of pose challenges and kind of slowing things down? Well, I think that they want to ensure that there's there's not a lot of duplication of services, that the services you're mm-hmm. providing are, are to meet the needs of the communities throughout the state. They also want to mm-hmm. make sure that the costs are under control so that as patients, you're not paying more than you need to pay for the services you're receiving. This year, I believe they capped the budget increase I think the recommendation was like between 3 and 4%. So they, they kind of control what people are allowed to charge or what organizations are mm-hmm. charging for their services. Yeah. It, it's pretty interesting. I mean, it's, you see different types of boards and committees, but this one is unique mm-hmm. because it's statewide. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, within North Country, what do you have in place as far as the EHR So last year, we actually changed out our entire EHR system. So we used to have all script professional in our clinics, and we had um, Kess and Paragon in our hospital. We had med hosts in our emergency department, et cetera. So we had a lot of disparate systems that didn't talk to each other, which was kind of difficult to support when you think about the amount of work it is to support one of those if you – Imagine a a small organization like ours having to support those major systems in addition to we obviously have a lab system, we have a radiology system, and and all those other types of things. At the time, I think we did an analysis, and we were supporting 173 different applications and over 300 different interfaces. So it's just not a sustainable model to be a healthcare facility. So um, I met with my COO, and he challenged me to help us get out of the IT business and get back into the healthcare business. (laughs) So, you know, we developed a plan in which we were going to strategically move to an integrated system and, and move a lot of our systems into the cloud and thus reduce the cost of IT in the organization and the complexity of IT. So um, that's the journey we began last year. We went live in May last year with a um, hospital-wide system replacing those three major systems. Which system did you select? We selected Athena Health, which is cloud-based, which is actually has been good for us. It's allowed us to become a lot more predictable in our IT cost because the cost is a percent of your collections. So if we do well, they do well. If we don't do well, they don't do well. Right, right. So when the regulatory requirements change, instead of having to take three major systems and uh, do an update for each of them and put all of the time and energy and implementation costs three ways, support three different systems, three different go-lives, just all the chaos that goes with that. It's one system. It's cloud-based. Right. We have no downtime for upgrades. Oh. Every two weeks, they do a little incremental upgrade, and three times a year, they do 
a larger upgrade, but there's not any downtime. We don't do all that testing and prep, and we used to do functional testing for weeks, and then we had integrated testing for more weeks, and then we had planning downtime, and and all of those complicated things that you do to upgrade a a system that you you house in your data center. This is pretty darn seamless. And as far as the selection process, Mm -hmm. I can imagine that it's something that you always want these things to go as quickly as possible, but can you kind of walk through that and what you really consider to be um, the most important components? Well, we had a selection committee that was made up of our COO, myself, and we had our lead hospitalist. We have a physician informaticist that works with us that's clinic-based, our director of nursing, representative across the organization, clinical representation, financial representation. So we had this committee, I think there were seven or eight or eight of us on there. We developed a set of criteria for what we were looking for for a system. Probably spent about eight months to a year looking at different systems. The selection that was made was Athena. Once we started implementation, it was about a 10-month process. Okay. And, and we so went live when, everything all at once, so it was a, it was a big bang. Athena yeah. actually had 40, 42 people on site during our go-live. Oh, yeah. it, it was a pretty okay. big deal. Yeah, definitely. And as far as the planning process, sure, mm-hmm. that's probably some of the same types of people were involved in just trying to plan it out, get the training and mm-hmm. all, all those uh, important yeah. things figured out. It became an organization-wide process. It wasn't mm-hmm. IT-driven. It was more organizationally driven. Um, the leaders of each department were responsible for making sure that the software met their needs. So our informatics team would support each one of those directors. But it was their decisions about, you know, are you going to use a template versus a macro? Those types of build decisions weren't made by informatics or the IT side. They were made by the clinical side and how we chose to implement the things. We had probably 10 to 15 different groups that worked on different aspects, whether it was clinic or rehab or medical surgical unit or maternal child or ED. All the different units had their own little groups, and they yeah. all had a informatics team member that served on their group to support their decisions there. And they also had an Athena person that was explaining the software and, and helping them through, through their decision process. Everyone was involved. It wasn't an IT effort. It was an organizational effort supported by IT, right. if that makes sense. So no, it, it, it allowed us to get some good buy-in. We went live in May, and by November, we were at 103% of collections So for the month of projected. You know, I mean, we didn't get that huge lag of sometimes when you do a go-live, it takes a while for you to transition, especially your accounting folks. So... So I I view it as very successful. And a testament to that is, so that was in May. By the end of March, I had to complete the most wired application. And we actually were the only hospital in Vermont that was recognized this year as most wired in both ambulatory and hospital. That's a great accomplishment, definitely. So I think it was a good decision for us. Yeah. And from the user side, I'm sure that they understood the need to move to an integrated system, but was mm-hmm. it difficult to get people on board or uh, you know, get that buy-in to what was going to be a big change? I don't think so. I think that they were ready to do yeah. something different. I think they saw all the 
duplicative effort. You know, mm-hmm. when a patient goes from ambulatory to most of the patients come in through the emergency department. When you think about a normal process, they come into the emergency department and they have to re-enter all their medications and their allergies. And they, you know, you're looking at two different systems when you're trying to get the histories. And, and so yeah. you'd have to duplicate effort there in your documentation. Right. And then if they decided to admit the patient, you duplicate it again because now yeah. I've got to go to a third system. I've got to re-enter the medications. So every time you're having to manually touch that stuff, you have opportunity for error. So it wasn't hard to get buy-in from providers. And having a physician informaticist that we work with, he helped to drive that with the medical staff as well. Right. You had uh, quite a few representatives from the vendor um, at the Go Live, mm-hmm. like you said, is it challenging in, in the way that while it's great to have them there, you, you want to make sure that the expertise doesn't leave? So how did you kind of uh, really make sure that the help they were providing and, and those lessons were, were sticking around? Like I said, we had an informatics person on each mm-hmm. one of the committees. So the information that they were teaching us was something that that team the directors and the nurses and the physicians were making the decisions, but we were learning that on the back end. So there's a lot of information passing. But after mm-hmm. we were live, you know, they didn't just leave us. We have a client representative that we work with okay. and we still work with to this day. And if we need anything, we talk with this person and uh, boom, yeah. she gets us a resource that can help us. So. Live was the beginning, right? It's the beginning of your new journey. It's not the end. You know, everybody works towards Go Live, but we set the expectation that everything's not going to be perfect at Go Live. But this is our baseline from where we, we're going to continue to build. And we do that. We have done some physician optimization. They have some great tools on the back end. They're called care check reports monthly that show us every provider that's that's providing care. It shows us in their documentation how many minutes it takes them to document, how many documents they close same day, how many are still open, how many keystrokes they have per encounter, how many macros do they use. I mean, it's a complete insight that we never had before of the folks that are struggling with their documentation. So it's a real help to our informatics team to know who's struggling and know where to put our resources so we can help them to improve. I think we're at about 80% of same-day chart closure rates, and, you know, so it's much higher than we've ever been, which all of that kind of leads down to keeping your billing. I think our accounts receivable days are in the, in the mid-30s, which is great. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.